And here we are on the next episode of Irish Iron. Uh, today's guest is Don McGuire. Uh, for anyone listening or watching, Don is a natural men's physique competitor. He's won. You've won your class in the NBFI, haven't you, before? And you, yeah. yeah. So that was 20, 2018. I won my class in the NBFI. Um, and then, yeah, we got, I think then NABA was the other placing that we had um so that was that was an interesting one to to try and bring myself into the bigger leagues i suppose so yeah i actually my thoughts on that are um, like i think men's physique is an interesting class because you do get natural athletes that can bridge it you know it's not it's it's such a structure-based thing like there's nobody going to be outsizing anybody so it's literally uh, if you're born with a good structure or you come in condition, you'll you'll place well in in any federation. Yeah, anyway. Absolutely. Like I mean, for I suppose from my standpoint, um, I I kind of didn't realize that I had a good structure because my my thing was always more sport. It was always more football. Um, it was always more soccer. So that was what I was always gravitated towards. But I done my shoulder and and my late teens. Um, so it's I really can't risk playing football anymore um, and I suppose I just transitioned from there into bodybuilding once I found it I was just that was me sold really so did you start weight training when it was like was a rehab for your shoulder then was it just uh, you got in the gym to strengthen up a little bit um, it, it was, it was tough um, I think it was just realizing what movements I could and realizing what I couldn't do and I suppose looking more into that gave me more de- detail on what movements would suit me and what didn't um, and as I progressed, it seemed to it seemed to show a natural kind of structure. Then, um, as soon as I started to come into this, so I'm, I'm still a baby, and, and the the fitness scene, I suppose, I'm still. This is what year year six of training. Um, so, okay. I mean, how old are you, Dan? Like most of your English. I'm, I'm just thirty, so so I'm getting on as far as my chronological age. But yeah. uh, at training age, we're still quite. We're just pushed past those oh, those uh, sure. inner years, I suppose. But I think, I almost think um, there's benefits, there is benefits to starting a bit later on because um, it, it's like if you, if I think I made a mistake because I started so young. I was 15 when I started bodybuilding and then I competed at 18. So I was training with the aim. I went into the gym to compete. Um, yeah. So I think, I don't think I understood what was going on, right? So I think like if you're a bit older, you kind of, you can make a bit, you can make smarter decisions and you just can pick and choose what you want to do a little bit better. So, I mean, when you got into it, did you find, did you find it was a nice, like, uh, did you know anybody in the industry or anything or how did you get into it? Because No, no one at all, actually. Um, I started out, um, like my first two years were basically a waste as far as I'm concerned, as far as me wanting to get into this side of the industry. Um, I'd, we we trained, but we trained all wrong. Um, for me, for my body type, I was I was just kind of training with anyone and in any way. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of stuff that I did that I would change now because of what I know. But um, yeah, I mean, I knew no no one in it, uh, and it's just it's kind of grown naturally. And obviously, my my other half, Marion as well, she competes, and so we kind of had that similar interest. And that only that, that for both of us only happened four years ago. Um, yeah, so yeah, from that. there, we just met everyone, the likes of yourself and the likes of Glenn and stuff. And a lot of people now um, would, would, we'd have conversations with. For sure. Uh, about bodybuilding and stuff. And I mean, that's how this place came about. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's an interesting thing because uh, going back to dating a competitor, I've never done it. I've always dated people who were out of the industry and I never, I always prepped. I wasn't in a relation. I was never in a relationship for any of my shows. So, I mean, how is the dynamic, like with both of you competing, do you think that's like, it's just, you understand each other. There's no, there's no like stress in terms of like telling her you're going to be grumpy for prep or anything like that. You both just do it or how does it work? Yeah, I think I think you have to. You really just have to understand each other, and you really have to understand the little quirks and the little things that are going to make it difficult. Um, she's a very understanding person. She's herself like she's going into a very understanding career. Um, mm-hmm. So for us, it was more just knowing that it was that was causing certain things. And I mean, 
you had me um, on prep at that time. I was working um, full time in the gym as well and taking clients. Um, and then she she was there. She was studying in college and stuff. And I mean, yeah. our first competing, we we were on, we were doing it together. Um, and we were both training with Paul, Paul Morgan, and Westside. Okay. Uh, so we, yeah. then we were down once a month to Dublin um, for for a proper check in. And then when it came up to showtime, we were going down once a week actually from Donegal. So um, okay. so it was quite demanding in that in itself. And then Marion as well has two two little girls. So there was all that kind of compressed into one. And I think it's where we've got this drive now of if we can do that, we can do anything, really. Oh, for sure. Would you still be working with Paul or would you be... Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Um, we, we decided after that, we talked to Paul about it and it was just such, um, such a difficulty with everything that was going on mm -hmm. uh, because I wasn't having the best time with the last gym that I was in. Um, hence, again, hence this. <laughs> they, they, they basically just didn't like my ideas to move the place forward as far as a gym and as far as integrating the bodybuilding side of the community yeah um, and that, the long and short of it in the end was i was kind of told look if it doesn't suit then well maybe you could go elsewhere um which suited marion brilliantly she she went to railway gym in lifford if you ever heard of it I know. Um, so yeah. a very, very, very prominent bodybuilding gym. And if anyone, any of the subscribers haven't checked it out, then then they should because it's 20 minutes from me, um, and I couldn't recommend the place enough. Um, it's absolutely brilliant, and I've had a lot of a lot of support from them as well uh, because I'm trying to bring this, I suppose, the bodybuilding side to to the locality as well, rather than just going for all classes because we're totally open gym. We don't do classes here. Um, so it's all totally open gym. It's just a commercial setup, just like a public. Yeah, but basically, yeah. from the, like, as far as the thing with Paul went, is he got me absolutely peeled for my first shows, but I knew I was too small. I, like I just was too small, and I obviously I'm going to be quite small. Um, but as far as then coming back, uh, I prepped myself then. Okay. And yeah, that's the year then that that's we got we got MBFI and second in NABA, so. Deadly. I mean, how many shows have you done at this point? Like, have you done, have you competed every year or have you taken a break? Um, I think it was, two, I done two seasons and I think I done five shows. Okay. So, out of the five, I done, yeah, I done um, Nationals and I done the other two then. So, NBFI and NABA. Yeah. Um, I think I done NBFI or I done Nationals and NABA the first year and I hadn't heard about NBFI. Uh, and then the second yeah. year I went for, for that as well. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, in 2013, um, when I was going to first compete, the NBFI, that was its first year in Ireland. So what happened was nobody knew about it because it was so new. So I only found out about it. The um, I found out about it basically uh, eight weeks before the show. So I had two options. It was either compete naturally or... Um, end up going enhanced and just doing NABA and doing RBBF, which is what I did anyway. But it's a shame because uh, I always tell people, I always tell people this, and I'm sure you're 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 of a similar mindset. Um, I try to keep people natural as long as possible when competing, or at least getting ready for something. At least see if you can get in condition and uh, you know reach your potential, and then you know you can make your choice. But I mean. As far as your own journey, I mean, you, you've, you've, do you have any aims? Do, do you know that, like, more than likely, like, it's, it's a tough playing field when you're in the enhanced game and you're a natural guy. I mean, what's your yeah. thoughts on that? Like, um, well, I mean, for me, it's, it's one of those things for me where it's like I'm gonna, as you said, it's you try to keep people as they're natural as long as possible. Yeah. Um, so they can then make that informed choice as well because if you have a good culture, you have good people around you, then they can actually advise you in the right direction. I've had multiple people come to me and ask me about PEDs and stuff, and I'm I'm like, look, I'm not the guy to talk to because I haven't looked near it, um, and I'm, I, there's far far better out there um, that that can let you know a lot more information about them, and mm. they might even take them themselves, but they're well educated on it. Uh, so I just that, that what I say to them is I'm not gonna lie, like I. And I don't ever sugarcoat anything as far as my idea or my notion. And that's 
I'm going to see where I can take this naturally. Cool. Um, I mean, on stage, when I look at my la- my last time stepping on stage, I was only 64 kilos, and that's when that's when I got the second anaba. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I'm sitting still quite lean, but I'm at 80 kilos, okay. um, and that's two years on. So it's yeah. it's kind of that. I know there's a lot more growing that can be done. For sure. And now I I can't again. I can't lie. My foot is terrible. Like I'm so bad at the minute. Um, and even with the lockdown, you think that for me it would kind of focus me in on it. But I'm so focused on getting this place set up the way I want it. Um, and before that, it was 90 hour weeks. Like I literally was the only staff member, so it was 90 hours in the gym a week. Um, Great. Great. And uh, I think it's just that thing of if you're not giving everything now then there's no point thinking that you're going to go on something. Bear with me there. I think I've lost you for a second there, Don. Um, no, you're back, you're back. No, absolutely, I agree 100% with you. And the reason being, um, it, it's like, it's a, it's a choice you can't go back on. It really isn't. It's a choice that will end up not causing damage or anything i'm not saying that it's more just you're not going to progress you won't you won't physically progress off it once you hop on it so it's like that's my only that's my only caveat to that so i just tell people look end of the day you can do what you want to do but i actually talk to the natural guys for all the nutrition advice and the reason being is because you guys have to be so diligent about your 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 nutrition especially when getting ready because you don't have any um, assistance in terms of getting lean. So, I mean, how long would your preps be? Would they be a bit longer? Or Mine, mine wasn't um, for the first couple of years, because uh, simply because I was, I've always stayed lean. Um, and again, that's probably down to the sporting thing in the teen years. Um, so I've always, I've always been kind of sub 20, um, sub 20%, and that's, like for me, it's comfortable to be between 15 and 20 all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then when I'm to prep, I drop it like really, really quick, um, which is why, which is how I found out that the genetics are pretty good. Um, I'm doing pretty well in that respect in itself. Um, but I'd say they're probably, you're probably talking my preps for maybe between 12 and 16 weeks uh, all the time. That's not, that's long, that's shorter than my preps. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I mean, I, I'd say this time when I go to compete again, it'll probably be a bit higher because, mm. as I say, like I'm, I'm not quite sure how much muscle that I've put on since, but I am 16 kilos over where I was stepping on stage before. Yeah. Um, so it will be a learning experience with the next prep, uh, but I'd say it'll probably be around a 16-week mark or something around that. Deadly. And they do Deadly. say to allow a little more for being natural to, to kind of adjust and things, but... For me, I feel that that's kind of enough. That's that's plenty of time. Yeah, I mean, I felt I, the only issue I had with long preps was the. It, it was more the mental side of it, you know. I'd rather do something short and fast and just get it done. Like I'd rather just give give it off for like twelve weeks, uh, and then just have it done, as opposed to, I did twenty weeks uh, at the start of twenty nineteen, um, so it's kind of like. It, that's what kind of let me down because it was so long. So once it got to around six weeks, I stopped getting leaner. I hit my mark at six weeks. And um, uh, I just think if I had a shorter prep, I would have been able to blast through it a little bit more. But yeah. I, I actually myself, actually, I can remember talking to you at one of the shows. I think was it a muscle contest or something. Yeah. And you just said you were. It was one of the shows and you just said you were you were just wiped. <laughs> you just you wanted to eat like and, and that was it. And I think you and Carl were going training at the time. Yeah. And I was like, how is that? But I you sitting next to me and I was like, how is that man even gonna train? Because I didn't I didn't think you had it in you to train. Yeah, but the thing is like I stopped getting leaner. It was like what happened was it, it's a it was weird. It was like mentally I'm kind of See the thing is, when you're on when you're on gear, uh, you can really push the food down, and you won't lose muscle. But I I didn't want to do that because I thought I'd lose muscle, but I found that out too late. So it was kind of playing catch up at the end. But um, but I mean that that comes due to like I mean if you're training hard enough and like holding a, a good bit of strength, natural learn, yeah, you're, you're, you're you'll be fine. Like it's just 
it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I think that's that's something that I learned very early on with the preps and stuff was I was able to keep my food high. Um, I mean, every day of prep, I was having 100 grams of cocoa pops. That was that was me, and that was every single day of prep without fail until the last maybe three weeks. Oh, that was that was where I was at, was having that with the protein shake in the morning, and that was me happy for the day as well. So yeah. my energy, energy levels were good. Um, my training was still good. I was still at, well, I don't say our estimate of maybe, what, 70% body fat. I was still making the same lifts as I was at the start of prep um, and, and being able to train heavy. Like, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm overly weak for my size either. So it was, it was good, solid lifts all the time. Um, and I think that in itself, that little 100 grams of Cocoa Puffs was a big factor in me being able to just enjoy still being part of prep. Not saying that it wasn't dreadful at times, but um, but that was that was the one thing that kind of kept me mentally strong in it, I think. Yeah. See, I like I I wouldn't be I'd be kind of a different mindset. It's like if I had cocoa pops, it it's a trigger food. So it's like um yeah. I remember when I was working with my uh in twenty nineteen I did one show with a coach and then the rest was myself and then I had a coach for the last show. So it was kinda like um the first the first prep was where it was it was part of the reason it didn't go as well as I wanted was because it was a great diet, but it was way too varied. Like it was way too varied for me. So it's like I just I just couldn't uh, process it, you know. I I'm like, just give me give just give me the basics. I'll follow that to yeah. a T. And like I mean, yeah, and that's how I went. Actually, other than the cocoa pops, I think it was like that that whole eighty twenty kind of approach for me. Yeah. Was that like one day was was that, and I still had I still had a protein source along with it then as well as the cocoa pops and the and the protein shake, but. Then the other four, I only need like four or five meals a day um, for my size, I suppose, anyway. Um, and that kept me going the whole way through prep. And I think that's what, what helped me was just that 80-20 approach. So it, it, mm. it shows how things can really vary with a person. Like, But as, it, as I said, like when, when you came down to it, you said that you would yourself kind of that drain. But it's, I suppose for me, I couldn't be that strict with myself. I needed that one thing to kind of keep me on track rather than it being a trigger. I'm good with sweet stuff and that. I don't have to have it. It's it's just one of those things. And I'm always being tempted. Marion's always trying to feed me bits and pieces that are good, but I'm like, no, I'm okay. Like I, I can do without it. Yeah, no, for sure. I find like that's the bane of, of it's like, it, it, bodybuilders and competitors, men's physique guys, classic. It, 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 the reason, this is literally why I think, um, like a bodybuilder is a bodybuilder simply just because he can push uh, the food. That's literally it. You know, I think guys who tend to stick to classic and the smaller and the, the, the not so light, the, the lighter weights, the lighter body weights, they tend to just, like yourself, you find prep, it would be, you know, short and sweet. And as you said, you're able to do it. So it's kind of, but do you find on the other, on the other hand now, do you have a bad appetite when you're trying to gain weight? Like, would you have issues there? Um, I'm, like, I'm not, I wouldn't be overly sure, to be honest. I, I mean, for me, when I looked at prep, food was food. Um, so I suppose that's kind of the side that I probably could push myself out of physique with if I wanted to eventually. Um, yeah. Because if I can get it in, I can get it in. Um, I think... As far, as far as the appetite and as, as far as kind of cravings and things like that go, I'm never one for it. I think I find it okay, actually. I think food with me is just one of those things where if I can get it in, it's more so me not making the food. That's my main problem. Um, and it's something that I'm constantly telling people as well. But I think it's come from this whole mentality of I have to always be busy. And there, again, is probably part of the reason why I'm constantly lean is the fact that my needs so high all the time because I'm constantly wanting to be doing something. Um, but I think as far as on the food front, I'm pretty comfortable if I have to force myself a little bit or if I have to eat a thousand calories a day, I think I'd just either way, I could be a gremlin on a thousand calories a day, yeah. but I can still you can do it. pretty yeah. crap for me because no one missing so much potential, but it is what it is as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I, I tell people now, um, like I've one or two clients. I, I actually prepped two men's physique guys. Um, 
and I've just found the 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 it was very. I had to scale back the food a lot because they weren't yeah. carrying as much. But that was uh, I found the preps like uh, there's there's the other side of it. I think if you're if you're not as heavy, um, it's actually easier for you to get in condition to a point because um, you don't have to. You're you're within striking distance all the time. It's um it's like like even if you get a big bodybuilder like it's it's like let's say someone competes at ninety kilos, they're still they I always say you wanna be about fifteen to twenty kilos above your stage weight when you're at the heavier yeah. body weight, simply just it's just the ratios. Like when you're lighter you're you're gonna be obviously within reach but it's going to be like 10 to 5 kilos as opposed to 15 to 20 yeah, yeah. when you're lighter so um you're looking at maybe 20 percent extra kind of body weight yeah. um, and i suppose for me that's kind of roughly at where i'm at right now and it's probably why even though my eating's not great it's probably why i feel that i'm that i am actually growing new tissue um because it's not for me sticking religiously to the amount of to a decent amount of protein it's more I'm getting enough food in, um, and uh, my needs down, and that's why the body weight's gone up. But my training is still heavy, so that's I think yeah. what's tied me over. And my recovery is very, very good. I can say that straight up. Like I, I could train, I could train the same muscle group three times a week if I wanted to, um, and still be able to continue on as well. So, savage. Now, would you be working around any injuries or anything, or have you managed to get it away with? Older. Yeah, it's just that shoulder. It's it like it's it doesn't really govern what I do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think building around it because it's um, it was a very common dislocation all the time. Uh, I think of the, with building that muscle muscle tissue around it, I've been told that it will strengthen that because the cartilage is worn away as well. So it could it could dislocate quite easily. But I think no one using control. I think my main thing for me was engaging with the delts all the time. Uh, that made a massive difference to me because I was like I could have been throwing weights up and I, I just wasn't connecting with them properly at all. Um, I think it was Shane that said that in, in his episode as well. It was just he was just firing weight up at the start beforehand, but then he st- once he started to control the lighter weight, it, it just made a massive difference to him, and that's. That's where I find a big difference in myself as well, is just learning to control things a bit more. Yeah, I mean, did you, did you, no, absolutely, I agree with you 100% because um, most injuries I've had have been outside the gym. It's just been doing everyday things, you know. Uh, but the one injury I had, it was very close to a pec tear, you know. It, I could feel it, yeah. you know, I was bringing it down. I remember it exactly, it was like, Oh God! It was like three weeks after the show. For I think it was like five weeks after the the October season. So I was I was pretty much good off season mode, feeling happy, you know, making yeah. the gains. And uh, what was Let it? I I went from flat dumbbell press, grand. No, yeah, it was flat dumbbell press. And then I said, you know what? I'm gonna do some flat Smith machine. But the angle of the Smith machine we have in uh, the gym I'm at, it's not up and down. It's um diagonal. So obviously, when, once you're up there, it's it's up above your shoulders. It's not actually above your pec. Yeah. And that, I just heard, I just heard it. I could feel it. I just dropped it, and I knew just leave for about a month, about three weeks, just come back. Yeah. And, and, and so, but before the lockdown, it kills me because I was finally back up to pushing the heavy weights and everything, and it was, I was on route to 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 get into my biggest. You know, I was my biggest, and I was like. Yeah. God damn it, you know what I mean? But well, it's it's just that timing, isn't it? But how have you been doing with well, the lockdown? Like, yeah, like when you say that, I even forgot myself. Like I last year, well now I use the Smith machine a lot myself, but because ours here is straight yeah. up and down, um, it's it's quite nice to use as far as the rows and stuff because. I did, I posted, I literally just remembered that I posted a video on Instagram last night talking about the fact that I did actually, I tore a disc uh, in my back last okay. year. Yeah. Um, so I completely forgot about that injury. Um, but I do, I do tend to work around that a little bit as well. Um, and it's just kind of, at the minute, it's getting a lot stronger than it was. Um, my back is, and again, it's just come from really trying to focus on what I'm doing. And yeah. being a little bit more humble and dropping the weight back. 
Um, and I think that that made a big difference to me. And now, from where I was at before it happened, I, like I'm able, I'm able to pull maybe 20 kilos more per rep. So maybe I think I went from sets of 70 kilos to sets of 85, 90. Um, yeah. Maybe not the, the best reps ever, but at the same time, I'm a lot stronger in that movement. And it's always a little awareness in the back of my head. And I think just it. I always see the injuries as kind of a way for me to rethink what I'm doing wrong um, because it mightn't have been me doing something wrong, but it makes me more clinical. It makes me think more clinical of how I'm training uh, and focusing on the movements and focusing on the muscle group around what I've damaged, what I've weakened. Yeah, how did you, how did you hurt your back? Was it in the gym or was I it... Was doing, <laughs> I was doing rack pulls hungover. <laughs> So I was doing heavy rack pulls after a heavy night of alcohol and uh, things went wrong very quick. The, the way the rack was in the gym that I was in, it, was, it, was, it wasn't straight on. Mm. So the bar was kind of angled maybe left to right. Yeah. And a little bit of a signal. And when I went to pull, I just pulled more with the left side than the right. And I just felt the pop straight away. Um, and yeah, it just it, it caused a bit of a tear in the in the yeah. one of the I think it was my L, between my L four and L five or something. So Fuck yeah, that. don't don't drink and lift. <laughs> no, see, I'd be I'd be the opposite man. Um, I remember, um, fuck, it was it must be about two years ago now. Um, I remember I did, yeah, it was twenty seventeen. It was um, it was post show. I was I was doing deadlifting. And I hadn't deadlifted, like, I deadlifted three times in the year prior, you know what I mean? I just don't do it as a, as one of my main exercises. And I said I was going to do it. Worked up to good heavy sets. And it wasn't, it, it's never my erectors or my spine and my erectors and, and I, all the middle back. That, that's fine. That never gets injured or anything. It's usually, it's, 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 it's like my connective tissue. So it's like all right. the tendons and the stuff. So I remember the top of my terres was I just it, it was like a, a rip little tear and I remember I came back took three weeks off doing that movement went back did the same fucking thing three weeks later and uh, but, but yeah I, I, I don't think it was like a full tear now but it was it was just a pain in the ass because I couldn't do any horizontal pulling you know what I mean I had yeah. to I had to I was told, I think it was like to take eight or ten weeks off. Yeah. And I think three weeks later, I was back in doing the same movements. But again, it was humbling and it took me back down in the weight. So sure. I really focused on things a lot more. Uh, and I think if we look, at, as many people say, like if you can work around it, work with it. Because you are you can you can do a lot more than that certain movement. Uh, as long as you can find what works for you. For sure. I mean, I'd say, I'd say like if you have an injury... Okay, like uh, with that injury, it was just a case of a healing up. It wasn't a case of like debilitating, like uh, like a like a tendon tear or anything. It was literally just a muscle thing. So once I healed up, I just became more mindful of the movement, and um, uh, I haven't got hurt since doing that. Now I do stiff legs and everything. So um, yeah, it was stiff leg deadlifts actually. Yeah, it was stiff leg deadlifts that got it. So. I was working up to 180, and the, it was the 180 that did it. So I remember I couldn't go near 180 for months. Just mentally, I just couldn't do it. And then I did one or two reps, and I was like, it's okay. Yeah. But um, with your back, did you find it just took you a bit of time to get back to where you were, just mentally? After Yeah, I think it scared me for a while. Um, it, it knocked the wind out of my sails because I, was, I didn't touch rack poles for a long time after that. But because of my weight at the time, I suppose I was sitting at maybe 70 kilos. Mm. Um, and I was like, I was rack pulling well over twice body weight. Um, and I think it was just from there, I stopped doing that. I just took that out of there altogether and I took deadlifts out for a while. Um, and I, I don't commonly use deadlifts, to be honest. Um, mm. It did, it shocked me out of kind of certain movements um, and to change up my own routines and, and oh, find sure. new ways. That I would, I suppose, that I would approach the likes of the directors and stuff, and just find little things that would would tweak it and make it a little bit stronger for the next time. Now I don't think so much, but I, the odd time I still get that sharp little pin prick uh, in the in the lower back. But yeah, other than that, it's kind of not really a hassle anymore. Yeah, no, I the one thing that I am wary about is 
Um, the only injuries I've had in my upper body that I've actually had to be very mindful about was uh, 2015, 2016. 2016, so I was doing flat bench and I missed, I put on more weight than I thought it was. I thought it was one one thirty. It was one fifty. So when I came down on the rep, it was the left. It was the same thing. It was the insertion point. It was more yeah. the front delt. You know what I mean? Like, and then that was. It was the exact same injury that happened uh, uh, last year. So, but and it was from the same movement. You know what I mean? It was just from the same movement kind of pattern. It was just so obviously. I ended up getting back really into flat benching and I got really, I felt comfortable with it, but um, I just think there's certain movements that don't really benefit you. Like, I mean, I would say, I would advise the people do do as much dumbbell work as you can because there's just more stabilization. But if you want to do barbell work, just stick on the incline, you know, you don't have to, there's no, there's, you're not at injury risk. Smith machine is fine um, if you have a good Smith machine. That's simply it, yeah, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those things where I, I would be the exact same as you there. I, I dropped out a lot of the barbell benching um, and I, I stuck to dumbbells a lot more now. And even last week, just trying it out on my own and stuff, like I was, I'm able to press 45s for sets. Yeah. Um, and that was me. That's me getting a lot stronger than I was before. Like, I mean, when I started out lifting, for me, it was probably you're probably talking 18s for were plenty and more more than enough. Um, and I think it's 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 that consistency. If you if we were to talk to people that are kind of new to this and and new to that side of things, it's that ability to be consistent with something and know that there is going to be an end result to it. Uh, and know that benching isn't the be all and end all. Um, I think it's some people can push it a bit too much that mm. that, that the heavy lifts are the only thing that are really gonna really gonna make you change. Um, but there's always a balance. There there should be a balance of the the benching and the the dumbbells and make it fun as well. I suppose is is the best way that I can say that you're gonna grow. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. With your training. Uh, did Paul do that for you when you were working with him, or did you do your own training? And he just did your no, diet. Training was Paul. Training okay. was all Paul at the time, actually, um, and I loved it. It, it was brilliant it, because it suited me well. It was always high volume. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he he did say we went into the first season that was much of an expectation. It was actually Marion that was going to compete um, first, and then we had the discussion about it, and I was like, right, I'll I'll try it. I'll give it a go, kind of thing. Um, and it, because it wasn't something that I had ever had in my head um, to go and try, I suppose. But then once she said to me, "Look, give him a shout, see what he, see what you can do together, um, and see what kind of shape you have under there," because I did, like I was, as I said, I was, I was quite lean, and I had the six pack going on at, at maybe eighteen percent body fat, whatever. Um, and then from there, Paul just kind of dialed things in as we went along and, and done it well um, and got me down because he did say to me, he said that there, there's a lot of guys going to have a lot more size on me. So basically I had to come and heal. And that was did. the way it was. Yeah. The yeah. main thing that showed then on me was how, how diced my back could get, but I had no lats. <laughs> Um, Shane was the same actually Shane I went down to Monastreven uh, for a posing session with Shane and if he could remember it uh, he would probably get angry because I could not for the life of me engage my lats I didn't know how to do it uh, and it just it was it was a massive sticking point and I, I think he was glad that I didn't go for a second posing session I just kind of took it on board that I'll do it myself from here on out because it just wasn't working with me at all. He, I wasn't getting it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's hard. Yeah, I'll tell you now, trying to get – see, I pose every day. Like, even when I'm not training, um, I do pose every day. I go through my mandatories. Um, I just do it. It's just – I love to do it. So, like, my my, most, my my connection to hitting the poses and presenting the body, um, it's second nature to me. But, if I like, if I can't do the men's physique poses, so when I was prepping my, my men's physique guys, um, I wasn't much used there at all. Like I was kind of just like, 
um, like they'd hit their poses in, they'd hit their poses in the mirror, and I'd, I like I'd know they're in shape, but but the yeah. thing is, I was always hit it in the back of my mind because I know that men's physique, I, like it really depends, but in bodybuilding, it's just you want to be in condition and big. That's it. Yeah. But I know some men's physique guys who are maybe 90% conditioned or 80%, but they have a nice full round look to them and they're lean enough in the midsection. So what yeah. I, I, you know, like they don't have any water on them. Like they have a bit of body fat, but they don't have any water. So they're dry. That, that place is, that, that's sometimes what ends up winning shows. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, well, I mean, for me, if you look at the likes of, say, even Mo Dundon, if you look at like some of the, some of the, the men's physique shows that he done, he was yeah. big in comparison to us and in comparison to the other guys as well. Um, and he did; he was a lot fuller looking, but it's it was just like yeah, that's like that's that's what I looked at, and I was like, right, that's the size that I want to be. Um, and it is, it can, it can one shows and can get high places even yeah. if he, because I know he won't mind me saying that one, one of the shows I think he was feeling like he was off um, when I was on stage with him. I mean, say, he was saying that backstage, but it's, it's just a presence then that, that makes a lot of difference, I think. Yeah, for sure, 100%. And um, like, I mean, that was the one, the one thing I, I was kind of careful. I didn't want to peak. The, the physique guys like I would myself or a bodybuilder just because I didn't want them to spill over or anything like that, you know? You yeah, no worries. Um, I think it's just my internet. It's absolutely gammy. I'll just pause it. One second. Uh, Can you hear me? Right, guys, so it's just my gammy internet. I will edit this anyway. So I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll just pause the recording. We're good. We're good. No, it's just my internet. It's an absolute manic thing up here. It's like where where I live. It's like we only got broadband, and we don't even get fiber optic. We don't get any of the fancy stuff that like uh, yeah. would get, man. So, and for some reason, the tree network seems to be the tree G seems to be on a snail's pace today. So, I was trying to use my phone as a hotspot there, but. I'm just gonna edit the two clips together anyway. They won't know anything. So probably doesn't help that I'm on three as well then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it, that I was outside listening to music, and it was just I remember like my podcast kept kept stopping, and I think it's just today. It never usually is like that, you know. Like they usually send the text, but getting back on topic, man. We were talking about um, fuck. I think we're talking about work, the training and injuries, but the one thing I am actually, the main thing I want to ask you is what was the, you know, motivation behind starting your own facility? Because it's a big jump from going from, like, did you, were you, like, always in the fitness industry before this, or what What careers did you have before you got into the gym business? Uh, I was actually, I was always around sales. I was always kind of around sales and retail, just like yourself in that respect. Yeah. Um, I worked in I worked in Sligo, so I was down in Sligo doing just some fast courses. Uh, back because I never went the college route, so I was just doing some courses to keep me busy and that. And when I was in Sligo, that was actually my first, I suppose, my first taste of being in a gym, um, proper. So I went to a gym called Genesis Gym that was in Sligo for a while. Um, there was another competitor actually, Paul White, I think, was running it there at the um, time. I Paul, I know Paul. I know who he is. Yeah, uh, yeah. he was there at the time, and uh, that's that was where I got my first taste of kind of a more raw um, bodybuilding style gym. And uh, from there, I was kind of I, I was toying with the idea of it because I liked sales, but I also liked my training then, and it, it grew to kind of the balance kind of tipped towards the training. 
Um, and I was working, I was working down there in Dons, I think. So I was in Dons stores in Sligo, and then I was in a nightclub, and I came home again. Then eventually, because the the whole partying four nights a week and then uh, working five days a week just wasn't wasn't the idea of what I wanted. I wanted a wee bit more than that, so I came back up home, and it was actually a neighbour of mine was working or was running the gym that I used to work in. Uh, and he was talking to me. He was like, "Why don't you come out and just see, um, just have a look about the place and see see if you wanted to kind of come on board as as far as staff." Um, so I did. I went out there, and then I I loved it straight away. I didn't like the gym per se because I had a lot of ideas myself, and I think that's where my kind of progressions came from then into one own facility because I wasn't really listened to too much. Um, and then I got my qualifications, started PT in um, about three years ago, okay. I think now. And uh, yeah, it just, I suppose the relationships out there got a little bit sour um, because of what was required of me. And again, not kind of having an input anymore when I was pretty, like I was more so there than the other staff that were there. And I did have a bit of a say before there was a change of ownership. And then after that, it was just, right, you're here, you're paying us money. That's, that's what we need. Um, and eventually it got to a stage where their classes overtook the amount of emphasis they were putting on the gym, but the gym was three quarters of the space. So I was mm. like, right, I, I, just, I need to find myself a studio. And that was my initial idea was to get like a maybe 800 square foot, 1,000 square foot studio up here. And I did look at a few places um, because they did eventually, they just said to me, look, if it doesn't suit you or it doesn't suit a certain type of clientele, mean, meaning more the bodybuilding type of person or the more physique type of person, or it was kind of your frowned upon posing and stuff. Um, and I just, uh, eventually, it, it just got to the point where for me, it made more sense to me to pay a landlord than to pay them to have my clients. So I thought, right, I'm just going to make this jump myself and Marion talked about it all ends for months on end. And uh, after plenty of stressing, then we came across this 3,600 square foot uh, gym instead of a studio. So it kind of progressed very rapidly, but it all came at the right time. Uh, and then uh, there's been a lot of help come from different directions as well from, from other gyms, just being, just referring me to stuff or, or just giving me shirt first shout on equipment that they know I'd love to have and things like that. So it it just kind of snowballed really quick within the space of maybe a year and a half. Yeah, no, that's that's amazing because you know I'm like it's only if it's only the two of you, if it's only you and your missus, you know, as as the as the main body of it. Um, like regards sourcing the equipment now, did you did you like do the auction like circuit or how did you get about sorting what you have? Yeah, so the auctions played a small part. Um, I think maybe 5% of what we have is from the auctions. And then it was the likes of other gyms that were helping out. As I say, I can't say enough good words about Railway Gym down there because they are always growing and always updating their stock. So as far as, far as they're concerned, then they helped me out quite a lot with it. Deadly. Deadly. Now that's savage, man. Because like I, I every gym I know, um, there's a gym up near me called Go Gym, um, and I know the owner of that. Um, uh, he'd be a friend of mine. And what I found was when he, when he, um, got his equipment, it was basically sourced from an NFL team, so it was second-hand equipment from an NFL team. So it's just being like, uh, and I know the guy who got it as well. So it was, it, I, I think it's just, unless you have like money out of your pockets, you're going to have to be inventive and just, you know, share, share the love as I say, you know, because at the end of the day, if I had a piece of equipment that I didn't want, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw it away. I'd just give it to another gym. I, I simply would just see if somebody wants to use it, you know, give it away for, sell it for a little bit of money and uh, that'd be it. But, you have a big facility as well. I mean, it's a fully equipped gym. So I'm like, uh, did did all your PT clients move into the gym when you opened that open every time? 
Yeah, they, it was basically an instant switchover um, as far as the clients were concerned. No one really wanted to stay with the, the, the initial place. Um, and they all came with me or were finished with me at the time. Um, we're, we kind of finished up where we finished up or they moved because there was a bit of a, a, a trade-off period, I suppose, um, where it took a bit of time to get the place up and running. Um, and we started in here, I think. We probably opened the doors uh, with, I'd say, about 14, 15 pieces of equipment altogether, including dumbbells and stuff. Uh, and now we're sitting probably maybe 50, 60 pieces strong. Um, and it, it's all it's all been accumulated over a matter of well I suppose last August I think was the first time we let anyone in through the doors um, knowing full well that look if you are coming with us I hope you can trust us as far as knowing that we're going to do the best for you and knowing that we're going to push this forward as fast as we possibly can and it just so has happened we have been very blessed in the way that it has happened the way that we've hoped and the place will be looking really good as soon as we open the doors again. Um, so the clients so far have been more than happy with, with how things are going. So. And where's the gym located for anyone listening? It's in a Bally Buffet, isn't it? Or where yeah, it's in Bally it's, it's 20 minutes from Letterkenny, um, if anyone's ever up around this direction. And uh, it's, it's literally on the main Sligo Letterkenny Road. Um, so we are just, we're basically the first building um, as you enter Bally Buffet from the Sligo side. Uh, so we're, we're, we're pretty, pretty easy accessible. We're on the main, the main road, I suppose, the main thoroughfare between Sligo and Letterkenny and Derry. So. Deadly, man. Not deadly. No, it's inspiring because, like, you know, for someone who's getting into the game now myself, it's like I said to myself, look, I'm just going to join a semi-private gym off the back just to get that income you know just get the financial security and then build up the clientele and then move into self-employment 100 percent. and i'd love to open a gym and seeing guys like you open a gym it's, it's absolutely possible so it's not out of the realm of possibility um but i don't think i could have a big big facility it would definitely be more catered towards uh my clients as opposed to um a commercial facility but i mean if people like that but that's just my own preference you know i mean well, i think how, here for, there was a need for that um and that's that's why with when the place came up it was like an instant right so are we taking it or not everywhere else we looked at it was kind of like right there's this wrong or there's that wrong um but this was just an instant yet yeah, this this is our spot um and if we if if it takes us three years to get it close to being filled, then it takes us three years, but it, it's happened that it's it's filled up. We actually now, with the social distancing and stuff, we've spaced out our equipment, um, some of our equipment, obviously a lot of it, you can see it's all dotted around me, um, so it's not in place. We're actually coming up here late tonight to try and put together a bit more of a layout in the place, um, just yeah. to, to start the head around things as we open up again. But, the proud the main the only one downfall that we have here is we're on the first floor, so all our equipment has to come through a window on a forklift. So if you can imagine, like a say the likes of we have a four uh, a four station like jungle gym there, and the likes of that coming through a window that's about two foot shorter um, off a forklift is is quite a quite a feat in itself. If, as they say, if there's a will, there's a way, um, and we wanted to make it work, and it's working. So. Yeah. What's on the What's on the ground floor? Is it uh, Is it your? Uh, is it? We, we have actually a car detailing place um, and a car sales unit next door. So they're both eighteen hundred square feet each. Uh, so we're over the top of both of those, and there's actually a um, a pallet freight company next door. Uh, that we have access to from the back of our place. So eventually down the line, if something goes very well for us um, and they decide to move to a different facility, then who knows? The sky is the limit then at that stage because they have 3,600 square feet as well and they're on the ground floor. Deadly, deadly. I mean, I, I, I always say, look, as long as you get work in bathrooms and, you know, just turn a room into a changing room, you're golden. It, it's really yeah, not that's that. It's um, just like we have one solid little room for changing and one solid little room for a bathroom and with these limitations and away on us for the next for the foreseeable then then that's all we need um that's that's really all we need right now so yeah i mean what's it scary going into the lockdown because i mean i know there's certain businesses that won't be going 
after this. I mean, like, I as far as all the gyms I know and would be familiar with, they're not in danger because the memberships are dedicated members, you know. So we'll all yeah. be back. So, I mean, for yourself, was it? Because, I mean, you only opened for, like, three months. Or yeah. Something. I think we uh, what was it, August? So about six months, six and a half, seven months. Yeah. Um, and that was just finding our feet. Uh, so it's it's been quite scary. It has been scary, but we're making it work where we can. Um, a lot of members were good enough that when we started this out, I, I kind of shared my little blueprint for it, as it were, on some of the Facebook forums and stuff for like the likes of Irish fitness professionals and stuff. Um, that we started instantly allowing rental of some of the equipment um, and I started sharing out my blueprint of how I was doing it and that went quite well for us up until the date was announced that we're back and now people are like bringing everything back to us so it's like I don't need it no more now I know I know my deadline so you can have your equipment back but that has Perfect. really helped um, quite a lot as far as alleviating a lot of the pressures that, that this has caused because unfortunately it is it's going to close a lot of places and it's it's sickening to see that it genuinely is. Yeah, I mean the issue I would have now because where I'm at in Wicklow, um, there's no real gyms near me. Okay, I'd be, but I'm I'm within drive. I'm spoiled for choice. Yeah. But the downside of that, because you're spoiled for choice, um, there's going to be some smaller businesses that are going to shut down, or they're going yeah. to go into arrears or something. But um, it's a shame. But that being said, you know. It, it is what it is. I think like everyone's going to have to deal with something in their own way. I mean, I got qualified the week lockdown started and they couldn't send out my certs or anything because it was illegal to do it. We did it behind closed doors. Um, so, and, and regards even looking for work, it's hard because there's no, I remember distinctly every job I've gotten before fitness was, was, um, totally through the internet you know i never really dropped it was all through applications and and i remember looking at all the fitness jobs like this is like years back and even this year i'd, I'd go on jobs that i hear indeed hundreds of fitness jobs hundreds of salary paying like semi-private gyms online and my college graduates and um, there's a group and they're offering jobs but nobody's offering jobs because the gyms aren't open so it's like they yeah. can't even put yeah. anything online so i'm just like waiting i'm i've applied for like three three <laughs> applications and i'm just like because there was only three and it was in gyms i wouldn't yeah. even want to really pick it was like energy you know what i mean like those chains um yeah. i'm sure it'd be fine to yeah, work we there when we're back open <laughs> oh man no, it's, it's crazy because then like i mean would you would you would you have like a, a staff team or would it be like yourself and herself and then maybe like pts or how would you run the gym like how's your what's your model because i know some gyms yeah, so, yeah um for us the way the way it's been working up until now uh, as i said like it has been 90 or weeks so it has been predominantly me uh, most weeks to the point where she's saying right let me help you out yeah. uh, but it, it's forcing it's like forcing a child not to look at sweets in front of them because Hello. I'm all the time and I want to be here all the time. And she's like, just take a break from it. And even my brothers, I have two, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have two brothers there as well that'll, that'll help out staff the place um, yeah. for a few hours just to give me a bit of a break here and there. Um, one of them is, was just before the lockdown, like yourself, he was getting his qualification so that he could help me out and that maybe he could set a little side income as well. Yeah. Um, as far yeah, as far as up until now, it's, it's all been me. Uh, but there is, down the line, there is that idea that it probably will have a few, I'd say maybe two two PTs or something. Um, mm. And that you're talking maybe in the first year after lockdown, definitely so. Um, cool. there, there will be that because I do know at this stage that I need to step off the pedal a little bit, especially if I'm going to decide to compete again, because I know I'll not handle both as well. I was about to say, I was about to say, I mean, I tell people this, if you're going to compete, there's two ways you can go about it. You can either get a job that gives you the freedom. Like I know some people who love their jobs, so they're not going to leave it, but they're also in a situation where it's they, they can eat their lunch at their desk or something. So, I mean, that's fine. That's a perfect bodybuilding. But the other side of it is uh, getting into the industry is probably the best bet in terms of 
um, you know, making bodybuilding work for you. Yeah. Uh, if you want well, that, I mean, that's your best bet. Like, I just, just yeah. Oh, no, totally agree. And there's a lot more understanding if you can get somewhere where they know what it takes. Um, then, then it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I've got there's guys that have been training in railway and stuff, and one of the guys has actually um, rented equipment from me near the start because he was on prep still. He didn't know if the shows were going ahead and that. Um, so he was on, he was in prep mode basically. Uh, and he said, he did say to me, he said, look, I, you don't understand how much it means to me for you to give me this opportunity to train still, um, just by renting him equipment and the the, the the difference that that made to him mentally. Uh, was astounding and it's something that he has said to me I'd love to pay it back by becoming a member afterwards even if it's only to come up once or twice a week uh, and then he said he would love to represent here as far as as far as the shows are concerned as far as some shows are concerned and stuff and that's for me I heard you talk about it on other episodes and stuff is something that I really want to do is I really want to get into the side of sponsoring athletes down the line because Donegal's a bit empty of it in general so if we could try uh, maybe in the next five ten years when i'm 40 years of age i want to be able to to say to competitors yeah look i'm there for whatever you need mm. no absolutely i mean uh like but the thing is in ireland we're such a small country like most sponsorships max like you know, i mean i know like blend blend will cover cover shane's traveler like if you're if you're a big if you're going internationally and you're train and you're winning shows and stuff. Generally, the organisation will pay for your expenses anyway, so it's not yeah. like you. But but in terms of a sponsorship, uh, I I think like any even just giving a free membership to someone competing that yeah. that's that's simple. I mean that's easy and. Certain point, like I did. the thing is about the sport is there's so many people that would be grateful for that chance to even just have something as simple as a free membership and tracks it like that's i think that's what a lot of places don't get and that's what what was baffling me about the former place that i was at was they had no concept of pride and 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 the members and that and the bodybuilding respect was it more sorry was it a more commercial gym that you were in was it more like uh, a chain it was, it was a commercial gym um that ran a lot of classes okay. uh, and the problem there was that their classes weren't doing well and they just they were kind of pushing the gym side to the back burner uh because they weren't doing well with the classes and that's what they wanted to focus on so it's 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 used more now as it's it's a twenty four hour gym now, and it's used more as a class based gym with with the the commercial side, and as a training facility for the likes of um, PTs and uh, sports massage therapists and stuff as well. Uh, so we're kind of not treading on their toes, um, as far as I see it. Maybe they see it differently. I don't know, but we're not treading on their toes, and they're not treading on mine. We were also supposed to have a CrossFit gym happening a couple of hundred meters away. Now I doubt that will happen, um, but who knows? But it was a commercial facility as well. But after the changeover, as I said, the, the emphasis on support kind of dropped from the gym side and went more towards the classes. Mm. Uh, we were sponsored. We did get a bit of sponsorship actually from the the owners, the original owners. They helped us out, um, and another PT actually sponsored us a bit of uh, a bit of money for our hotel and stuff. So okay. that was quite nice at that time, um, and. They, I'll always appreciate that, but from the when the change happened, there was nothing. Yeah, no. Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, no, I got a free membership to Monaster Evan. Um, that was it. I don't have it anymore because I, it's too far. Um, from myself, it's about an hour drive, you know, back and forth. So I'm kind of like, it's good to go every so often, but it wasn't worth the travel up i mean i can go down 10 minutes down the road and i'd arguably say one of the best equipped gyms is 10 minutes from my house so i'm like i don't really have to go anywhere to train i'm actually spoiled uh, for for choices like i used to join different gyms for body parts man i used to um go to one gym for legs one gym for chest i i would do that and i still do so it's like but um that's the one benefit i have is that um but that being said, like even when I work in a gym, I I don't think I'd I'd, I'd simply just say, 
I know I'm going to want to put input into it. I'm not going to, because I know what I want. I know what, like, I, I'm not looking to train like bodybuilders or anything. I'd be training the everyday person. But that being said, if a bodybuilder or somebody wanted to take it more seriously, absolutely. That's when I come into full on one on one coaching. But yeah, really focused. Yeah. But that's when you need to be able to have your voice in the gym. I mean, if, if I wanted a piece of equipment, I'd, I'd pay for it and bring it in. Like, as long as I'm given yeah, the option absolutely. to do it. Like that that's all I'd ask. It's like they're like raw Sandy for me and me is, is very good for that because you've had people order bits of equipment in and it's and stuff and um but that's really it. I think it's just having that like good relationship between the owner and then the, the employees obviously, you know, making it work. So Yeah, I think that it it's a massive, massive thing, I think, is got is that understanding. And even locally, I, I, I'm hearing of riffs all the time. Like there's in local gyms that aren't so local to me now. Um, they're more Letterkenny direction, but I'm hearing of like fallouts happening and gyms have closed because of fallouts. And it, it was publicized, so I know I can say this, but uh, like they, it just, it, none of it makes sense to me to start something with someone that there might be any possibility of it going sour because if you lose, they lose, and if they lose, you lose. Um, so that was my main focus was it was always going to be solely me or me and herself that was in control of what we were doing um, so that we can then choose, I suppose, who suits the business and who suits what we want to do as well. Um, because we can we can then say, right, Marion has no interest in, in being a PT at all. So she put the number of females that have came to her asking her to train them is something crazy because Marion is like 5'3 and trains like an absolute animal. And I don't know how she does it. Like I'm, I can't train half as hard as she does, uh, but it's because she knows what she wants to do and she's focused and that's the way it works for us is we're both focused um, on two very different goals, obviously. Um, she's, she's doing a different path to the gym itself. But we're both very focused on making this place the best that it can be as far as bringing staff and, and the members as well as that uh, the best that we possibly can. So, No, deadly, man. I mean, like, uh, the thing is, like, I, I, I couldn't work for a gym like Flyfit or Ben Dunn's. And the sole reason for it is I'm sure there's guys who make a comfortable living. For sure, I know, I know there's guys who make a comfortable living. But it's just... I don't think I could do it to myself because I know the owners of those places don't really give too much of a shit as long as they're getting their money in. Like that, that's very impersonal to me. I mean, that's not how I'd want to be um, as a business owner. I wouldn't want to be that guy who doesn't give a shit. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, like Ben Dunn's is a laughing stock, but there's good people who work for it, which is, and it's, it's, it's a thing. Like I just, I've, it's a weird weird situation because anyone can get a job in those chains anyone you're yeah. not guaranteed a salary though and you're not guaranteed any financial security really that's the problem unless you're a staff member and then i know they cap your 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 limits and everything but then there's the other system as well where you're paid a salary but you're just assigned to your client so anyone that's asking for pt you're just given to a random person by the gym. So there's two I don't sides. like that one. So I no. find that to be beneficial to, to either the PT or the clients. Um, I've seen that happen before and I've heard that happen before. Even from a family member's point of view, um, I had an uncle of mine saying the same that he he was in a he's in a gym in Cork and he's kinda just given whatever PT is is staffing on the day and the PT doesn't know of anything that's wrong with or any injuries or any little quirks that, that suit him or things like that as well. And I think that's that's where the, the personal touch uh, applies a lot more. Um, I think a, a PT should be able to have an onboarding with a client and a client should be able to have that with a PT and make sure that they sit before they go ahead. Well, absolutely, 100% agree because I, I've always found that like, um, like the classes, like I know, I know in the smaller gyms, it's like you'd, you'd be teaching your groups, but then they'd come up to you. You know, they'd want to work with you one-on-one. -on -one, and that's where you establish your client base outside yeah. of your salary. So it's like, 
you know, it works both ways. Um, and, and then again, it's, it's just a case of what facility do you want to work in? Do you want the smaller one or do you want the bigger one? It, but like a lot of them, all the successful models transfer both ways anyway. I mean, uh, it, it's not like I tell people this, like if you get somebody who's just wants some form of positive result, they'll stick with you because they don't know what they're doing. That's what you're there to help them with. Um, and yeah, with the every and with the everyday person, you know, getting results for them is a lot different than what we want. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they just want to feel yeah. good at the end of the workout. No, I mean they just want to feel good at the end of the workout and stuff. They don't. That like that's all you're there to do is you know push them through it and you know. Yeah. But that's it. But uh, what's the name of the gym? Like for anyone listening, so it's at, at the moment it's literally just on the wire fitness um, gym. So uh, it's it's that for now. We are in the process of putting a name to it. Cool. Uh, and we're just uh, uh, Marion's brother is a graphic design lecturer, so he's in the midst of kind of doing up the new logo and stuff for us. But um, it will be changed soon. But anything that any way that people might be looking for it or trying to see any posts on it, then it will be just under Don the Wire Fitness. Okay, not too bad, not too bad. No, it's like, yeah, I, I'd even keep it at Don McGuire Fitness, just make a nifty logo for it and just stick it up on the front. Like, I mean, it's your gym, it's your brand, you know? So Yeah, I had that little battle with myself, um, and then it was more uh, it was more a thing of, um, do you think that clients will be comfortable going around saying, like if someone asked them where they train, I train at Donaware Fitness. Up here, it's a little different to Dublin and the likes of that, where it's commonplace to hear people say that they train in the likes of a Ben Dunn gym. Um, mm. So it's, it's a little bit more accepted that it's a person's name, but to me, as, from a branding standpoint, it almost stands out to me up here that it's more of a studio. Anytime we had actually went around the country and looked for a gym, actually, when we seen a name, we stayed away from it because we thought that, right, that's obviously someone's personal training studio. And then when people come into this now and even get a, a first look at the place, they're like, it's so much bigger than I expected, uh, which is why I want to give it a name and make sure that it's, it's kind of its own brand and I will continue my own personal training from here as down the wire fitness, even when we do change the name. Savage. Savage. No, Absolutely. Look, I wish you the best of luck, Don. Like, I'll have to come up and train once uh, this whole lockdown shenanigans are done, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting back at it. I have bands at home, and I kind of gave up on them. You know, I got like something out of them for about a month, and then I just left it. I'll do it once or twice yeah, a week. With <laughs> There's no point. I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm just resting up. I'm eating when I'm hungry. I'm not forced because. Like, I mean, I, I'm, if I'm not training, I'm not going to gain weight. So I'm just not trying to force feed. There's no point. So it's just healing yeah, up. And sure. Just letting the body rest. But thanks, Don, for coming on. And I'll edit those. I'll edit this clip to the other clip. And it should be up. I'll have it up in a few days uh, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, but man. All right. All right. All right. Take thanks care. for coming on. And for anyone listening or watching, <laughs> for anyone listening and watching, Obviously, Don McGuire Fitness, and you're available for. Would you do online coaching or anything for people, or is are you just sticking with the gym? It is. It's something I've toyed with. Um, I am available for it. Uh, I haven't yeah. really marketed it much, but if someone's looking for it, then absolutely, uh, I'm more than happy to talk to them about it. So it's just even on Instagram, it's the same. It's just Don McGuire Fitness. Deadly, deadly. All right, man. Thanks very much. All right. All Take right, care, buddy. man. Sound. I'll give Peace. you a text. I give you a text when it's up. Anyway, all right. All good. right. Sounds good. See you, bud. All right.